Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Sam and Nick here, Titans Unfiltered, Music City Miracles, back again with a victory podcast. These are our, these are our favorite podcasts. It makes it you guys are a lot more tolerable whenever we win. We're a lot less depressed. And me and Nick being so practical as we are, it makes it really easy for us not to get on here and we're like, okay, we'll give us some unbiased opinion. Like we suck. And like instead we can be like, you know what? Like, I will say this. And I know we're going to get a little deeper into everything, but the most surprising thing to me is the fact that I didn't expect going into the game on Sunday night that we were going to come out of the gate and I was going to be like, oh, wow, like this is an absolute slugfest from our defense just absolutely manhandling the Rams offense. Whenever earlier in the year, I remember talking, I remember us talking and me saying like, I, I mean, we talked about the Rams just being the best team in the, in the NFL all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, they were nowhere to be found. Yeah. I think um, I agree with you. I thought they were, they were going to, I wouldn't say roll us, but I thought they were going to win handily. You know, basically the, the score would be flipped is kind of what I expected a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do still think they are a really good team. You know, they'll get Von Miller back. I think, part of the reason was is they hadn't run up against a good team yet. Like the Titans, you know, they were yep. playing the lions and um, I think they played um, the Jags and some, just, you know, some, some bad teams. And so they finally ran up against the Titans team that was able to hold their own in the trenches. I mean, Aaron Donald, all things considered, didn't do what we expected Aaron Donald to do. You know, the offensive line for the Titans has had some struggles but I think the Titans came up with a good scheme, to, you know, kind of take him out of the picture for the most part. It also helped that his own teammate laid a vicious crack block on that, on that Tannehill touchdown wow. run. Yeah. Cause, cause Donald did have that sniffed out. He was coming in for it. And yep. with his speed, he probably gets to Tannehill, but uh, it was a Dante follower said a nice pick. Um, and the offensive line, I think had graded out as one of the best in the league. Um, but our defense just took him to the woodshed. I mean, I can't remember that dominant of a defensive line performance from the Titans since like the, like Vandenbosch, uh, Hainsworth years. Like, honestly, that was probably the best I've seen in a long time. 
Yeah, I, I mean, just the amount of penetration and just the way that the uh, the way that the stunts were just working on the inside, and then even whenever there wasn't any kind of like cute stuff going on by Bowen to kind of get pressure, I mean, whenever we just wanted to bull rush, the bull rush was just there. I mean, Tart is getting there, like Simmons is getting there, Audrey's getting there. They they looked faster, they looked stronger, and then like it just looked like that all the Rams linemen all of a sudden had lead in their shoes, and I'm like. Like Audrey's just, he's just Audrey's running around a guy to like make a play whenever as a lineman. I'm like, man, you're pass blocking. All you have to like you drop back a little deeper and just make the pocket like a little wider. But like it's just it didn't it never looked like they were gonna figure out how to stop the the pressure. Mm-hmm. And because of that, Stafford's back there, and all of a sudden he's like, you know, like those fireworks you get on Fourth July that just sound like you're shooting a machine gun. Like he's like back there, like thinking that. He's like has to get it off because his feet are like yeah. he's jittery, and then he's just throwing bad passes. Like the fourth down pass, I feel like he probably had a little bit more time, and it, I mean he got hit when he got it off, but he probably could have. Like he was so worried about making sure as soon as he hiked it, he had to roll out, and then I mean it's just he rolled right into the rush. I mean there's just there was nothing that he could get done on that. I mean it's by like our secondary was well, Chris Jackson I think had a great game, great great mm-hmm. game. I never thought I would say that this. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I mean, it was insane the game that he had. Uh, Breon Borders did not have the best game, hence, you know, goodbye. Um, and I think that, uh, I, I Bayard being able to, like, like we talked about last time, having that freedom to kind of play that, uh, play that float role where he can kind of make his own choices back there because the secondary is doing such a good job locking up, uh, one on one, and it just kind of works out to where he's able to kind of make some plays and have a little bit more freedom back there. Now, he did say that he he watched a lot of films so that, you know, sometimes you guess right. It could He could have guessed wrong. It could have been bad. But whenever mm. you like, – as a safety, when you have that instinct and you see something that you've seen on film all week and it kind of works out, then, I mean, perfect preparation. I mean, that, that, that prevents piss poor uh, performance, and that's what happened in the situation. I think he's he's gotten back to studying – a little bit more than he probably did last year, which has made a big difference. Yeah, we're at about the halfway point of the season, so I think it's pretty fair to say that KB's been the MVP of the team thus far. Um, probably him and Henry, if you want to go offense, defense. So let me ask you this, because it's easy to already say, okay, KB has been it and forget all that Henry did while he was here. Who, who do you think has had a bigger impact on this team thus far, Henry or KB? Uh I still have to. I'm, I'm going to say KB just because of the fact that when we went into this season, we mm-hmm. knew our offense had what it took to get done. And like I said last week, I think that Tannehill's impact, like if Tannehill went down, it was a bigger impact than if Henry went down, even though Henry yeah. obviously heart sold his team. Uh, I think that the plays that KB has been able to make and the energy that he's been able to kind of bring to like that defense because he is like that. He is one of those captains that people kind of will – they kind of revolve around and they'll kind of play off of. I think that that's – it's a lot more important this year that our defense played a lot better than if our offense improved. that makes sense? Yeah, no, that does make sense. And you're right. I don't think that the rest of the collective secondary takes that step that they've taken if if KB isn't playing the way he is right now. I think he he really – 
is the general out there. Um, and I, I think too, you know, the, the um, pass rush has gotten a ton of love, but um, Andrew Whitworth said that a couple of the sacks that they had were coverage sacks, right. um, which I, that didn't happen at all last year. Right. So it could like, if our pass rush was excellent and we weren't, you know, sticking with our guys at all, then it, it, we wouldn't have seen the amount of sacks that we've had just because they're like last year, there was always an open option, right? Like that's yeah. how that, that third down percentage like was so astronaut, like over 50% was because there was always someone getting separation. Um, so you got to give a lot of credit. You know, Hey, I'm going to give some credit to Jackrabbit. I mean, that, that guy was kind of like, you know, the, the um, punchline, I think for everybody, like right. to start the season, making fun of him but he's really cleaned up his act and you don't see like too many big mistakes. And I think he's really settling in. So, and you know, we saw with borders gone that um, looks like Fulton might come back this next week. So man, like you, you already, met, you already, yeah. And you already, you already mentioned Chris Jackson. Um, so like a top three um, uh, on the cornerback depth chart of Fulton, Jack rabbit and Chris Jackson's looking pretty good you know, with, yep. with Molden can come in and for, you know, certain situations. And, uh, you know, we have two of the best safeties in the league right now. I mean, Amani Hooker, that tackle he made, like that was, I w- that was probably the biggest play of the game, quite honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and setting up, you know, the, the fourth down um, incompletion there. Um, because the Rams are one of those teams, right, that I feel like sometimes if, if they have a big play or get rolling, then all of a sudden they can score 21 points out of nowhere. Um, and so that, that felt like a drive, like that they were really determined to score on and, you know, might've made something happen after that, but to shut that down, that pretty much closed the door on the game. So right. Right. just it's, it feels weird glowing about the defense because it like, I, and you know, Jayon Brown was back too. He was yep. looking good out there in coverage. Yep. Like we've missed that as well. And David Long, obviously doing his thing. There was like really no complaints out of me for that defense, which yep. I can't remember the last time I said that. Yeah, I mean, the only complaint that I had was Brown Borders, just because of how bad his coverage was on the on that play. Luckily, they called that out of bounds, so that it worked out. But um, I, I mean, there was it was the defensive performance that you – I don't think you can ask for a better defensive performance than you got out of our guys right there. The scoreboard doesn't even reflect how big of a win that that really was. The score was closer than the game really was. If I may, like, uh, mm-hmm. when, you, uh, when you kind of look at how dominant it was, <clears throat> my, only, my concern was the fact that it was our first game without Henry, and I think A.J. Brown – was able to kind of make big plays and he was he, like obviously he was eating them up. Julio had a couple good catches in there. Uh mm-hmm. Chester Rogers, uh Lord bless him getting hung out to drive by Tannehill, throwing a little hide behind. But uh, I'm surprised I, he wasn't seriously injured on that. I can't like, believe he, he got, like, I, I can't he believe got he got folded in half. Yeah, I can't believe he got up. His size, that's such a bad play call to have him going across the middle. I don't know what uh I don't think that we'll see much of that going forward. <laughs> uh <laughs> But that's uh that's not his forte. Uh, AJ Brown loves the slant play because he's a little bit bigger, and it's going to take a quarterback's going to have to bring his whole lunch in order to rock him like that. But that's uh that's not the play call. But I, I don't think our offense really uh we moved the ball really well. But I think that we probably 
we probably scored we probably scored probably 10 10 to 14 less points if it wasn't for the fact that that defense was making plays that they were making yeah i mean i think we they did have some good moments but i think they still had less than 200 total yards right someone was saying that that was that was a record in some way like that they were the first team to score less uh, less than have less than 200 yards and beat um is either playoff team from the previous year or um, one of the top seeded teams something like that but right. yeah the, the defense put them in great position i mean they literally they basically scored two touchdowns right because david longs took it back to like the fourth and then uh swaim train got us got us home um but yeah it, and you know we had kind of talked about it it was going to be a work in progress trying to find their identity after derrick henry and I think that was kind of apparent. Um, McNichols, I just don't think is going to be a guy who's going to run the ball between the tackles. No, um, they they look like they experimented with that. And like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna stay away. And it'll be interesting to see what Adrian Peterson looks like this week. I think yeah. I'm willing to write off and this week too. I mean, um, New Orleans is one of the best defenses in the league, so I won't be surprised if he can't necessarily get going this week. But it's going to take a little while, and he just sometimes he like got the handoff and like stopped like oh oh shit where am i supposed to go and right. then he's a little you know, high too yeah he, he was definitely running high and so i think he i think he knows that and so there's some rust to be shaken off and especially going in against you know that tough defense that's that's hard i mean Dante foreman looked pretty good i thought he was probably the best looking back out of the group so it'll yeah. be it'll be interesting to see what they do this this week um because they really do need to get something going um, they, I don't think that they can rely on the defense to basically give give wrap them 14 points each week. That's exactly. not sustainable. Um, and it's not fair on the defense to do that. And it's funny that we're even talking about the defense having to carry the offense because it definitely has not been that way the past few years. Um, I think really what it all comes down to is the pass blocking needs to get better. Um, Tannehill's average depth of target was like three and a half or four yards. Like he was barely, he was not throwing a deep at all because Bobby Hart was asleep at the wheel with oh just guys blowing by him. And Tannehill, like, and people were being critical. And you know what? He didn't have, I'll get into his stats later, but it, it's so hard to quarterback when you don't have any time to pass the ball and you can't rely right. on your left tackle. Right. And, you can't rely on your running backs either. Like there were literally times that I saw he was like telling either Peterson or Foreman, like, no, this is the blocking scene. Like this is where you need to yeah. be. He was talking to and him of course, every, every play, every play. He's like, yeah. Like, I'm like, and so, God, and then of course the defense is like, Oh, it's a pass play. <laughs> like it's <laughs> yeah. very clear now what yeah. we have to defend against. So yeah. um, I think that was a pretty big curve for him to overcome. So but I really think as, as we get deeper into the season, I think they've got all the pieces in place, and really the question mark is going to be that offensive line. Can they hold up? Because if the run game isn't the same without Henry, you're going to need to pass block better to open up that offense a little more. Yep. And at the very least, I know you're not going to go very far with Bobby Hart starting at left tackle. That cannot happen. I don't – like – I didn't. I didn't even know Lawan wasn't going to play until we got out right up yeah. to game time. So, 
when I, when I saw that, obviously it was a little bit of a shock. And then, I mean, Bobby Hart, think maybe it was a shock to Bobby Hart as well. <laughs> Cause whenever yeah. he, cause when he, oh, like, I got a play coach. Yeah. Like he got to the sideline. He was like, they were like, Hey, Bobby, you in? He's like, wait, what? Like, yeah, it was not his, uh, not his best showing. And uh, I don't think that he was ready for the moment. It was a little too big for him. Uh, no, I think that's a pretty standard showing for Bobby Hart, actually. That's, so? hey, that's really? pretty right. Oh, yeah, that guy stinks. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I, I lived in Cincinnati for a while, so I have Bengals uh, friends who are Bengals fans. Mm. And I've heard that that is, that's pretty much a good showcase of what to expect from Bobby Hart. So uh, I don't know. I'm very surprised he's still on the team right now, to be honest. Yeah. With all these I, waiver releases. I guess there's literally nobody. I, I guess the only explanation is there's literally no other offensive tackles. I'm still, I, I'm still, there's, there's still a guy outside of that. Yeah. <laughs> Bring him in. He can't like, be worse than Bobby Hart. There's he no way. There's no way that, like, literally, he got his lunch ate all game. Well, you want to know why Tannehill didn't have no time? Just that was, it was that guy mm-hmm. alone. Like, literally, Bobby Hart got made absolutely he got he looked like a he like he played practice squad all week played bad at practice squad and then came in the game and like i was like golly i i mean i'm surprised that our defensive line did so good because he's got to be who they're going up against all week they just tearing him up like i'm like god like they didn't get they didn't even get a good look i, I don't think i've ever heard like the a broadcaster shit on a player as much as collinsworth was shitting on Bobby Hart. Now, now here's, a guy, like, now here's a guy. Here's a guy that I don't know. Here's a guy who I can understand why he had a false start because he uh, he needed he needed yeah. that false start to be able yeah. to block. And like I was just dying laughing because it was it was so true too. Man. And then someone said because uh, I I commented on that and someone tweeted at me. He's like, oh well, you know, um, Collinsworth has a minority stake in the um, in the Rams, which is why he's he's tough on the Titans. I'm like that might be true, but he's right. He's right. He's not who you were affiliated with. Right. No, good football. Like, he knows eyes. he's gonna talk good football. He's gonna talk good football regardless. I mean, and, and you, you he can't help himself whenever he sees the lineman being that bad. It was so bad. Like it didn't matter what down it was. Mm-hmm. I was just like every, every time we got in a passing situation, I was like. Scroll right, scroll to the right, like scroll yeah. to the right, like just because there's just no way. Like this guy literally hiked the ball, and then it was it was like it was like the pads in his pants were weighted. Like I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, like, like turn your turn your hips a little bit. Like it was so, so bad. bad, so bad. And yeah, I, I I guess Lamb was hurt, right? Which I didn't realize either because Lamb I thought has been pretty good when he's been in there, but. I mean, the Titans have had – it's funny, you know, when they went into the, the season, they seemed on paper to be in great shape with depth, right? They had Luan, Quisenberry, Sambrio, and Lamb. Like, okay, that's a pretty solid four. Like, most teams don't have four guys who can come in and, like, play like those four can. Right. And they had, you know, Redens is on there too, even though, um, you know, it seems like they're committed to keeping him on the right side whether it's guard or right tackle. Um, and then, you know, Brewer and some of these other good backups, but this, the tackle situation has just been so bad. And I don't really know, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Lawan. Um, I don't really buy, I don't know, but you don't really buy into that. He doesn't care about the team since he got a payday stuff. 
Um, no, not, that's not him. I at mean, all. he 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 tore his ACL, and he's obviously still having troubles with it. And what I can't tell is is if they're taking, you know, kind of the same approach they took with Julio. Like, all right, let's not rush you back out there. We really do need, and as evidenced by the play of Bobby Hart, we're going to need you in the playoffs more than we need you right now. Right. Um, so I don't know if that's factoring into it as well. Um, but I think people are being a little, little too critical of him from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's the type of guy that would, uh, I don't think he's the type of guy that has the personality, his ego for one, it's way too big for him to just be like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go out there and show that I'm not the best. Like, that's not – he just has yeah. that mentality where that's just how he kind of plays. So, I don't see him being that way. Um, but as a lineman, I just think that it's a little bit harder than people realize to come back from an ACL. Like, uh, all that pressure and all that weight – one, he's got – one, he had to put on uh, – I seen the guy at Green Hills at Shake Shack uh, while he like while he was still out during like I think it was still during the off yeah during the off season and he probably is I want to say probably forty pounds lighter than like he probably should be throughout the season so he put more weight on you got to carry that on a knee that's been worked on you all you already have to do all this drop back and you're pushing off of it you're trying mm-hmm. to push around people that are that are two eighty two ninety plus. It's just there's a lot that gets asked out of linemen when it comes to how how much pressure you got to put on it. So I mean, and he's on the wrong side of thirty too. Not right. he's not healing like a twenty six right. year old. Yeah, like he told Mike Keith, you know, age age one of those things. It's just a number. I'm like, no, motherfucker. Let me tell you, when you wake up, being no. he just turned thirty. He don't like we know. He like yeah. When you get past that thirty mark, let, let me take something. Like I wake up, every, I just put together the exercise bike. I got on there. Had the settings wrong on the seat. Had the seat too low, so my knees were coming <laughs> up. And let me tell you, when I tell you, when you get uh, in my in my twenties, yeah, no problem. I was a little bit more flexible. Right now, the the popping that was going on this morning, nah, no, nah, bro. Like you got to be extremely careful with every single thing that you do when it comes to getting your body ready for everything. That's why it gets harder to exercise. I'm really good at drinking beer. I like my <laughs> my my forearms and my biceps stay good, but like when it comes to when it comes to doing all that cardio stuff, like the 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 joints, man, like the knees are like the first thing to go, then the back. So you got to be yeah. uh, it's already hard Once enough. Once the back is is done, you're done. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna get into Caleb Farley, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, like in going off topic a little bit here. I like sprain my. This is embarrassing. I sprained my ankle sliding into second base in a softball game, like four years ago. Mm. And my ankle still swells up like when it's gonna rain. Like I'm I'm mamma back in the That's 1930s. Like there's a storm <laughs> brewing, like I can tell because my ankle like starts getting achy. And like, yeah, and I'm I'm 31. So <laughs> I, if I tore my ACL, I'd I I don't think I'd ever fully <laughs> heal. <laughs> uh, yeah, like that's the thing, is that if you look, if you look over the course of history, a lot of these athletes that have been able to come back successfully from ACL, Adrian Peterson towards ACL, right? Correct. Yeah. Back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, in his in his early twenties, so uh, mid twenties. Yeah. yeah, I think. So, yeah, I think mid. Yeah. yeah. So the thing is, is when you're when you're in that stage of your life when you're still like full speed, and you're like so dedicated to the game, you're doing this, you're doing that. Yeah, you recover a lot faster. 
you rehab harder. Taylor Juan has a lot of other stuff that's kind of going on, and I, I there is some stuff that probably pulled him away from rehabbing as much as he probably should have. I mean, he's got the bustle with the boys. He he has like the family life, and he has all this stuff going on, and he can't work out as hard. Your testosterone is a little bit lower, so you don't recover as fast whenever you get hurt late. It's just how it's just kind of how it is. The only person that I think right now that could have a knee injury that could fully recover that did that we did that we don't even mention is Tom Brady. Tom Brady had has had a knee injury for the past like two years. This is the first year that he's healthy and looking at he's in the MVP conversation because of the fact that he's the way that his body is built and the stuff that he does is just different. Tom Brady, Tom Brady eats avocado ice cream and doesn't eat tomatoes. I saw Table of Wad at Shake Shack during the offseason. You see what I'm saying here? Like yeah. he's like Tom Brady's built different. Like so that like that's the that's the difference in these yeah. And compare like Brady to like what, have you seen what Ben Roethlisberger is looking like these days? Oh my Brady's god! Brady's eating like avocado ice cream and Roethlisberger's like microwaving hot dogs. Every right. Day. <laughs> I watched I watched Ben Roethlisberger try to scramble on Monday night. And oh my god! I you that he couldn't even slide down right. I thought he's no. gonna get hurt. I thought he was gonna get hurt. He he locked up, jammed up. Fell on the knee and kind of went down. I was like, that was like the most, that was the worst fall. It, like, he, it couldn't even fall full speed because it would hurt. You know what he looked like was that video of the uh, the Titans fan getting knocked out, <laughs> falling down the stairs at SoFi. Just out, like, out. Just like, just basically leaning slowly <laughs> into the ground. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, who gave him the green light to be like, if it ain't there, take off? Who gave, who Got said it? it? Nobody it said that. Just, it was a gradual fall. That wasn't running. He was just—he's like that tall that he fell that far. He almost got the first. It was a—it th- was a third and three. He got two. Like, yeah, I don't like. Like I said, I think half of that was just him falling from the line of scrimmage. Like if he would have just like back in the day, he would have. Ben was extremely athletic, but once yeah. you get to a certain point and like all that stuff goes to the wayside, I guarantee you. That Ben Roethlisberger would be a great guy during the offseason because I guarantee you he drinks a hell of a lot more beer and stuff than we do. Like he probably hangs yeah. out, he probably has a badass uh, grill set up, and probably cooks a he probably cooks a mean fucking hamburger. Like like that's just, that, like, that guy's an asshole though because uh, and I went to Miami of Ohio. He's like our only product really that has like made something of himself. And right. I had heard when I was at Miami, and obviously I, he's older than me. Um, that he used to come back while he was on the Steelers and go to bars and be like, everybody buy me shots. <laughs> like, like, all right, dude, all these college students are going to be buying the NFL. Player. Yeah. Like that's, he, he that's the kind of guy that Roethlisberger is. And now, you know, after all his, his stuff he's gone through, he's, you know, Mr. Family man, but that, that asshole's still in there. I, I, I know it is. Imagine it's not, imagine not going, imagine not going back to your college when you're rich and being like, Everything's on me. Like, come on, man. No. Be a fucking legend. But no. I, it is funny. It, like, every, everybody at Miami hates him because they're all either Browns or Bengals fans, and he just beat up on them for <laughs> years and years. Years so, and years. He's like, yeah, I think they have, like, Roethlisberger Field now there and stuff. So for a guy that's, like, the only, like, great player to come out of there, he, like, has no love, basically. It doesn't sound like he deserves it. Um, So – now that we went on a tangent on how uh, it sucks to get old for all you young listeners. Um, so going into this week, obviously we got the Saints. So when I was looking at this game, it was one of – we talked about the murders role at the beginning of the season. Now, 
fortunately for us, we were able to kind of get out of this murderous row with a record that we did not expect to get out of it with. And now we go into, uh, uh, according to what I've read, we have the easiest schedule going forward. Now, the Saints game coming up, for everybody else, in any other NFL team, when you see easy schedule going forward, you get really excited. For us, it means that, okay, we're going to drop a couple because that's what we do because we're going to play down to some competition. Or who knows, maybe because Henry's out, like they may have some kind of new identity there out to prove everybody wrong, and they, they're playing with like some kind of weird chip on their shoulder out of nowhere. Uh, first, first team in history I've ever seen this first in the AFC that's playing with a chip on the shoulder, and I love that. But mm-hmm. so we got the Saints going here. So James Winston out with the torn ACL, which I hate, by the way. I watched a cool documentary on him about like how he used to stay in a bedroom with seven people. Blah, blah, blah. James Winston is he's an he's an idiot, but he's also very lovable if you get to know him. Like he's kind of cool. So um, I love you saw the video of him dancing in the locker room on his crutches after they beat the Bucks. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. Oh no! Like yeah, I think like the Mark Ingram <laughs> Snapchat, but they had like like strobe lights going and then like oh my God. The camera goes and Jameis just has his crutches going wild. Like, right. <laughs> he like, he didn't just tear his ACL. He messed his whole knee up and he, <laughs> he was just going wild after it. So, hey, yeah, listen, he's, he's a big, he's a, time, goof, but... he's a big time team guy, man. Like it is what it is. He's fired up about that. Eat stuff. some dubs, right? <laughs> yeah. He'll eat some dubs all day. But uh, so, but the thing is, when you think about him as a player, he's like the word, he's like the, not the player that you really want your team to face because you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get five interceptions or if he's going to throw for five TDs. You don't know which one you're going to get which day. Depends on how good his eyesight is. It is the matters. So <laughs> Trevor Simeon, however, had a really good game, manager game. I think that they probably still should have lost the game against the Bucks. Tom Brady just had – Tom Brady had a really bad game. So I think that there's a lot that really goes into that when you kind of look at it. But what I think is – um if we can find a way to we got we're gonna need more productivity out of the office than we got against the Rams in order to kind of keep everything rolling. And the Saints game is one of those ones where it could it could really go either way. And I know that it's really easy to just say we're gonna roll them after the way that we played against the Rams, but there was a lot of things that happened in that Rams game where you're like, well, this resulted in points and it might have been Matt Stafford being the old Matt Stafford and it's kind of helped us out that the Saints might not do. Sean Payton is one of those coaches where he's going to always have his team ready to go. Well, Sean McVay was supposed – he's a very smart guy, but Matthew Stafford, I think, got in his own way a little bit. So when you look at this game, what's your thoughts on what it is when, when, like, when you look at the Saints when we're going into this and you're like, these are the things that worry me about this game? Um, I mean, far and away, number one. Trevor Simeon revenge game. I mean, the guy's got to be out for blood going with Woodside instead of him. Yep. Um, I mean, he's like, he's like the, the kid who comes back from, uh, come back from school from the summer. He's, he's a bad boy. He's got a, you see, he's got a mullet now. Um, I, I saw his nickname on uh, pro football references, like T sizzle. Oh, got, I mean, <laughs> He does have a pretty glorious must. He like shaved the sideburns. So it's like a full mullet. Like he's a bad boy now. So watch out. Okay. Okay. No, I'm not, I'm not worried about Simeon. He'll be a game manager, but I mean, you mentioned Sean Payton. I think there's an argument. He's been coach of the year this year. If you look at that offense, even when Jameis was there, it's pretty much Kamara and a bunch of guys, right? Like 
the wide receiver group is nothing to write home about. I mean, right. that's that's what our wide receiver group looks like without Julio and AJ. Right. Like that's what their wide receiver group looks like all the time. So that would be big if they could get uh, Odell down there, like has been rumored. Um, I think when you play good coaches like that, it's kind of like I'll say Vrabel because I think he's a good coach. You can't count them out. So if people, if we were to lose this game, I wouldn't look at it like a Jets game necessarily. I mean, they're five and three right now. They beat mm-hmm. Tom Brady, you know, the, the defending champions. So mm-hmm. like, it's easy to look past them because on paper they're not super impressive. But with coaches like Peyton, they're always going to be in the game, and they have a top three defense in the league too. That that doesn't hurt. So, I think that's probably Peyton, and then the the matchup between their defense and our offense. Um, I mean, the Rams were a good defense too when we saw how we really couldn't get much going. So, um, kind of think this might be a low scoring game a little bit with our defense showing up and theirs. I, I don't think this is going to be the week where we put it all together without Henry. I think it's, they're still trying to feel that out and what it's going to look like. So does it shock you if we go in this game somehow win by 10 or more? Um, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I think the Titans have been playing great at home. You know, we're coming off of, um, I think our last game at home was Kansas city, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we pants Kansas city at home. So I could see this, and you know the the big the, the big elephant in the room is is Kamara going to play? That's really you know Peyton can scheme his way out of most things because he has Kamara as as the ace up his sleeve and doing right. a lot of different stuff with him. But take that out of the equation. It's just, as good of a coach as he is, there's only so much you can do with Simeon Ingram and who Deontay Harris is like your go-to guy. Like that's Callaway's especially not bad. Callaway's not bad. Callaway's yeah. He's been okay. I think Deontay Harris has been the leading receiver of this, this year, but Callaway, mm. I think has finally started to turn it on. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have a decent offensive line, but still I just, um, they, if Kamara's not in there, I mean, I've already been kind of laying, uh, Two, I mean, the Titans are only favored by two and a half. So I've been hitting that pretty hard with the hopes that makes even more sense if Kamara doesn't go. Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see if our offense can take another step forward from last week. Cause they, it was, it was, I think kind of got masked a little bit because the defense was so good and, you know, helping them put points on the board. But, um, and they, you know, they did, they did have a couple big drives that when they needed them. Um, but uh, you can't rely on the defense to get turnovers to produce points every single game. So no, you definitely can't. Um, yeah. Well, I, when I look at this one, it's um, it's not, it's not really easy to kind of pinpoint exactly what you uh, what you can see that the Saints are really going to be able to put out on the field when it comes to. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I can't find their identity this year because Kamara's been like their Swiss Army knife, and he's been able to kind of do a little bit of everything. The guy can catch out of the backfield. He can run the ball well. He kind of establishes where they are. And it, this is one of those games where he's, he usually they, – they usually depend on him to put up three touchdowns. You know what I mean? So if, yeah. we, uh, if he doesn't play, obviously I, I'm leaning us hard. But uh, it's – it's not a game where I think that a lot of Titans fans should be like, well, you know, 
if we come out and let's say we just happen to lose this game, that we should be like, well, I mean, the national media is going to jump all over us and they're going to talk about how the Saints are blow, uh, blowing everybody up and yada, yada, yada. Like, I, I wouldn't read too much into it. The thing we need to focus on as much as, as a team is just making sure that we handle the rest of the season against our division opponents. And then I'm really curious to see how we play against, you know, San Francisco and all that stuff going forward. But I would like to uh, to come out and and then handle the Saints and keep rolling, just because of the fact that I want to keep some uh, keep some steam rolling. But this, it's the NFL, so you never know. Like the NFL was so wacky last week. Who knows what could happen as you as you really go into it? It was. It was the weirdest game. It was the weirdest week ever. It's the worst week ever for me because it's the week I decided to bet heavily on the NFL and it went terribly. But um, Vegas had a nice week with all those but, favorites going. Yes, down. it did. Vegas, Vegas, Vegas never loses, man. They find a way to just make mm-hmm. it. It was one of those weeks where they're like, hey, we need a week. All right, cool. Like let's set these lines to where they just look, they just look tasty as hell, and they looked mm-hmm. all they look tasty. The Bills. But the bill, you want to tell me? I took the, I had the bills. I bought them down. I had the bills by like uh, thirteen and a half. You tell me, I didn't think the bills were going to beat the Jags by fourteen. Like, come on, man. I mean, yeah. there's a whole lot that was in the league just went wrong. Dallas against Denver. Like, there's a lot going. Uh, Baltimore not covering six. I had them by six. Like, I mean, it's just a. It's the NFL, man. Like, it can go either way, anytime. But you never know exactly what's going to happen in the league. Uh, I almost put things feel things feel closer than they have yeah. in past years. I think like it really is feeling like anybody can beat anybody's situation. I, I was looking at the division, so like uh, I think there's only two teams that have like a three game division lead. It's us, and I think there's somebody else. I forgot who I forgot who it was. But uh, speaking of that lead, when you uh, when you look at the uh, if we went into week seventeen. And we had the division kind of wrapped up. Uh, are you opposed to the whole resting the resting the starters in that week seventeen game, or do you think that it matters that they kind of go in and play a little bit in order not in order not to go into the playoffs cold? Because I've seen a lot of debate on this. I'm curious on what you're taking. It's well, I'll say this: if we're talking Titans specific. This team has been so banged up that I think if we truly had the number one overall seed locked up, then you rest your guys. Right. Um, especially if you have the one seed locked up. You know, if you have a bye, you're going to be resting your guys either way. So might as well get like two weeks off. Because um, a lot of times, you know, I, I don't think it's – I think it comes down to preparation and everything. And with the Titans, I think that – Rabel usually has his guys ready to go, um, especially coming out of a break. So I wouldn't worry about that as much as maybe I would with another team. Now say we didn't get the first – we're not going to get a bye. We're going to the play. We have the playoffs clinched. Um, I think I think you play some guys for a half or two. I'd probably sit, I'd probably sit Tannehill, to be honest. I think, you know, if, if someone goes down – you can you can survive it, but if Tannehill goes down and you got to go into the playoffs with Woodside, that's that's the end of your season right there. Yeah. So I think I think you sit your main guys, let your mid tier starters play some, and then let let the 
let the uh, bench guys get some reps at the end. That's yes. Yeah, so, so it all the it, it pretty much just come down to where the seed is. Number one, if number yeah. one, and what if number one's on the line? Number one's on the line. I think you got to play for it. Yeah. So, because um, that home field advantage does matter. Yeah. Um, if it's even if it's one versus two, where you're still going to get a buy either way, I think it matters, and it will be interesting too, because we got the Texans as our last game. So, even if you need to win, you could probably. I mean, the Texans, Texans week eighteen are going to be so checked out. Like they're just like, I'm ready. For, I'm ready for summer. Like yep. I, I yep. want to get out of here as bad as possible. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see where we're at at that point because the AFC is, you know, we, we got a little breathing room, but everything below us right now is every, but all those teams are smushed together. So if we drop a few, if our offense doesn't get going quite like we want and we fall down into that scrum, I think you're going to go into week seven, you know, how is it week, week 18 now where you have to, you have to win a game to get um, either buy or to get um, – well, actually, we'll be okay if, if we can hold on to the division. But other teams might still be fighting for the division at that point. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. I, I mean, it's just, it just – to me, it just kind of depends on where uh, – depends on what, what it is you're playing for at that at that point. Mm-hmm. I would uh, – I think that uh, – I think that's, that has a lot to do with how kind of the Titans have been kind of using Julio for the most part because, like, they've been – They've been sprinkling them in here and there. And I think that we've seen some plays out of him in some games where he's made like some catches where you're like, oh man, that, that's what we got him here for. And a lot of, there's some fans that are like frustrated with it. But then at the same time, I'm like, it's hard to be frustrated with it for me whenever I'm, we're the number one team in the AFC and you mm-hmm. got Julio Jones just kind of getting a, a, a lot of rest and he's going to be, even healthier kind of going into the deep stretch, which I would love for him to just be, I'd love for us to just be, keep, be able to keep winning doing what we're supposed to do. And we should with the schedule that we have and then him be just like, Hey, like I've never felt better than this in like three years, coach, like it's playoff time already go. And then Lord help everybody. If Derrick Henry finds a way to be able to kind of get back in the fold. So I think that, uh, I think that people kind of got to trust the way that J-Rob and Brave were kind of playing this and just kind of let it play out. And we got, we can't take it for granted the fact that they put, in, they put us in a really good position the past few years. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with where we're, where we're at and what we're looking like going forward. But it's, yeah, uh, it, it, it's been working out okay. And this team is so injured already. Like, I can't get too mad at them for trying to stave off other possible injuries that haven't happened yet. Right. Like um, I, I, I can understand that you want these guys playing to help fill in for the, you know, guys who've gotten injured, but if, if you push it too much, you can get yourself in a real pickle, which we, we haven't, hasn't broken us down quite yet. I mean, that's really the crazy thing is that we're seven and two with all these injuries and the players that have cycled in and out and they're still getting wins. It's, Vrabel is a great coach. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The fact that he can get these guys winning is crazy. Um, But I say this could be – this could maybe be a breakout week for Julio. 
Um, I mean, he's he's playing the Saints. He's gone up against Dennis Allen's defense a lot of times from his time within the division. The last game he played for Atlanta, he had 94 yards against against the Saints. Um, it's it's a team he's always played pretty well. I don't think he'll have to go up against Lattimore. I'm guessing Lattimore will shadow AJ. AJ, yeah. So AJ or Julio will have never you know gotten to see what a cornerback too when he's when he's faced the saints. So he might be able to feast on that. So I'll go, I'll throw my hat out and say, we see the first real glimmers of, of old Julio when he goes up against New Orleans this weekend. Yeah. I definitely want to see him get in the end zone. So it was cool seeing AP get in the end zone. Uh, There's a, there's a discussion going, if he's going to be able to pass Barry Sanders or not. Uh, I think is he off now? I don't know, but I think that, I think that the way that our offense is set up, if there was a chance for him to kind of get it, it'll be, it'll be just like as much as we like to kind of establish the run over and over and over, just kind of on drives. I think that if he if he's able to kind of figure out a little bit how to get uh, just some kind of productivity, then it'll be there. I didn't expect him to be that productive against the Rams because of how great that interior line is. Like we knew that it was going to be a challenge, and even. And he still was finding a way to break the first tackle in order not to get hit behind the line a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was. Yeah, his stat line wasn't impressive, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, honestly. so he was he was finding a way to do that, and I think that if he finds a way to kind of get, uh, he's still trying to get in shape. Uh, I mean, they say he stayed in great shape. There's different between being in shape, being in NFL shape. So uh, he's still working on that. I mean, he just has to keep kind of running still getting the playbook down a little bit, kind of like learning how the offensive line blocks. Bobby Hart was letting people just hit him, so it doesn't help. <laughs> um, so there's a lot to kind of go into it. Uh, I, I think that he's going to continue to improve going forward. And uh, I, I saw there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of hope because of how well the defense has been playing that they're going to keep the offense in the game to where the offense – if the offense has to – step up and make some kind of play if they can make that play that we're going to find ourselves in in a lot of ball games going down the stretch and i hope that um i hope that you know uh, if Tannehill, Tannehill, julio and aj can get on the same page they sprinkle a little bit of pruitt and swam and all and first in there that we can kind of make some stuff happen i think at the end of the day it's all going to come down to Tannehill. Tannehill needs a just a little bit more time in the pocket mm-hmm. that, so for things to develop Receivers can only their, their routes have to be able to develop in order for us to kind of take those shots. Even whenever we made the big time third down conversion, it was because like that was off of like a slant that uh, that AJ ran that was able to kind of get open. Those those plays develop pretty quick, but if you want to be able to kind of hit those shots for you know the the, the yak god himself to get going then you gotta you, you gotta have to be able to kind of block a little bit that's uh i think that's what's missing the most from this team yeah i agree well uh you got any uh we got the saints i love new orleans by the way i don't i don't really care for the saints but i love the city of new orleans uh so as we go into this game what is it that you've seen stat wise that you can kind of Tell the people about going in. Well, I it's not as much about this game. I kind of wanted we've been talking about him a lot, and I just wanted to push back. You know, you saw Marcellus Wiley's big rant about 
how he doesn't believe in the Titans because he doesn't believe in Ryan Tannehill, which I think Tannehill really suffers if everybody's still just viewing him as Miami Tannehill. And I think really it's going to take a Super Bowl for him to get past that. Like, I think that's what it comes down to. Um, But if you look at the stats, I want to compare like where he was last year. So um, at this point last year, he had thrown for 2,128 passing um, passing yards, 20 touchdowns and three interceptions, which is a pretty crazy rate. Um, so I was a rating of 106. Um, he'd only rushed, he had rushed for 114 yards and one touchdown this year. He's passed for 2,145. So basically the exact same, um, but he has 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 89.2, um, passer rating, but he's rushed for 168 yards with four touchdowns. And so I think the, the rushing thing, I think is something we've seen a lot more with losing guys like John U. Smith, um, and obviously losing Henry, they've had to like have new creative ways on how to use Tannehill. So I think his role is actually expanding a little bit, but I think it's notable, you know, the passing yards is about the same as what he was doing last year. It really, and you know, the touchdowns too, I think that um, again, losing Corey Davis, Johnny Smith, um, and some of these other targets that he had last year, like there just haven't been as many opportunities once they get to the red zone to score those touchdowns. And touchdowns is like the major driver uh, is a big driver in that, in that rating. Um, but it's funny, you know, with, even though he has more interceptions um, eight compared to three through nine games last year, his completion percentage is actually higher. He's, he's thrown at six, a little over 66%. And he was uh, 64.77 last year. So, like, he's he's he hasn't lost his accuracy. A lot of these interceptions, I think, are coming from the fact that he can't rely on his offensive line. And he hasn't had the weapons, really, this year to pass to. I mean, he's got basically three games of AJ, right? Yep. And not maybe one good game of Julio maybe right. you know two two or one one good two okay of julio it it's hard to be and and like i said in a, a tweet he's faced five of their nine games have been against top 10 defenses basically so the fact that marcellus wiley is gonna you know zero in on the rating and not look at the bigger picture there is just kind of frustrating so i wanted to you know compare there is a difference between last year and this year but he's still he's still throwing as accurate, if not more accurate, as he was last year. He's throwing for the same kind of yardage, and um, he, he's doing more with his legs. And I think that's that's really what it comes down to. Ryan Tannehill has had to do more this year against better defenses, and so I don't think that necessarily changes this week because it's New Orleans Saints who were the third best defense in the league. But I think once we get to the second half. Um, I think you really will start seeing the stat side of it come around. I bet the the in, interceptions drop and it'll get some more passing touchdowns and things will even out. I mean, pro football focus has him as their number two quarterback right now. He's doing, he's doing stuff, right. It's just, if you, if you focus just on the interceptions and I'll be the first to say that there's some really dumb ones he's had. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that, I mean, the, 
that one that he threw to Jalen Ramsey looked even worse because Jalen Ramsey is that good that he makes quarterbacks look that bad. Yeah. Um, but it was dumb just to throw it in his general direction in the first place. But I know I didn't really dive into deep stats there. That was really just my um, way to defend Tannehill and saying that anybody, I mean, I've seen tweets that like just two games ago saying that we need to look for his replacement next off. Season. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I just don't, I don't get how you can see, you know, what he's been able to do without these weapons and what they've gone up against and say that. Cause you know, like I said, there's been dumb interceptions, but on the whole, I think he's been a major part of the success. And what was the biggest question about him coming into this year is like, can he win a big game without Derrick Henry? Right. And he's won big games without Derrick Henry going off against top teams. Yep. So even though he hasn't necessarily shown in those games, I mean, he's, he's getting the wins. So um, that's my Ryan Tannehill rant in response to Marcellus Wiley rant. And also just, I don't think he gets enough love from the Titans fans because yeah, he, he's not super flashy, but he, I mean, he's a game winning drive King. And like, I, I, every time he gets the ball when we're down, I'm like, okay, we have a chance of coming back. And I think that's kind of what sums up Ryan Tannehill for me is like, I always feel like we have a chance with him, even if he's, um, I mean, the guy's got memory of a goldfish, right? Like, gave up that interception to Ramsey, came right back out, didn't worry about it. That's huge. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what makes him. Uh, that's what makes him a good quarterback for our system. Is the fact that he has really good amnesia. Like, he can throw an interception, and all, next thing you know, like whenever he comes back out, he'll play like he never even threw it. Mm-hmm. Like he, he'll still, he still goes through the offensive progress. He still goes through the progressions. He'll still come out there, he still makes the throws. Even if it's a risky throw, he'll still try to make it. I mean, there. I, even with the decision that he makes, sometimes you're just like, man, like, don't even test Ramsey. Like, why would you test him? Like, yeah. because of the fact that it is Jay Ramsey. Um, so, like, there's certain things that he can't do. And I think, in, I think that hopefully going into, like, the playoffs, if that's kind of preached to him just a little bit, like, hey, just so you know, like, when you get in these bigger games, like you got to be extremely careful because those, those some of those type of plays can cost us a game. And I mm-hmm. think, and what scares me is that the fact that if he makes those type of plays, and people are going to be quick to be like, "I told you, like it's Montana Hill," blah blah. Like I know we'll hear it. And I think it's it's a tough road for him because of the fact that he is in this on the same team as Jack Henry, who's the best player other than a quarterback in the league. Uh, that he's got to be extremely careful to make sure that he's making the right kind of plays in order to keep his team in it. Cause right now he has a defense that'll, the defense will keep our, keep our team in the game. We just have to kind of find a way to make some kind of plays happen on offense. So I don't want to see him get called out for that kind of stuff whenever it's not really, it's a lot of stuff not on it. So he's got to, um, he's got to keep doing what he's doing, make sure he can have weapons in there that he can use. And uh, I think that uh, he's going to be able to kind of turn this thing around and kind of do what he's supposed to do in order to keep us rolling, which is great. But uh, that's uh, – I'm just surprised he hasn't been hurt yet. Like, that that penalty shot he took, I mean, the fact he popped up from that one, it, that's what I get worried about. Like, yeah. so the, the, the dam's got to break eventually. Dude is getting rocked every single game. And that's one thing you can't say about him is he's not tough. Um, but that's also in 
both sometimes these hits he's taking and these interceptions he's throwing, it's a double-edged sword with him because his like confidence in himself, I think is also part of what makes him good and able to like, he makes aggressive throws that pay off. He leads these game-winning drives, but that same confidence is like, okay, I'm going to hold on just a little bit longer to make this perfect throw. All right, I'm good enough. I can take on Jalen Ramsey in this situation. And so as a whole, I think that confidence is a plus, but it's, it definitely can get him into trouble too. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, he, he's an athlete, and he's going to continue to be an athlete, so he doesn't, know, he doesn't know any other way except for go full speed and see what happens. I mean, there's a Do lot of – you know he played wide receiver? Oh yeah, Texas A&M. I'm glad. I'm, yeah, I'm glad the announcers always remind remind us every time that yeah, he runs know. the yeah. ball. Yeah, we yeah we yeah we we know like we get it like he like and I think that that I think that that helps a lot with how tough that he is because he's not yeah. he's not not used to taking the lick. So yeah, I think I think that helped him in the long run. But um, I, I I do I would like to not see him just. I mean, even in the Rams game, he took a lot of sacks. It's just like, man, like he just has – he has no time. And I think that after he threw the interception, he took a couple of those sacks because he's like, I'm not going to take a chance and, and try to force this in anywhere because I'm not going to put us in a bad spot. So he takes the lick instead. I, I Even the way he takes a sack and the way that some more experienced quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady kind of take a sack is just a little bit different because they'll kind of – they know how to kind of – like fall into it like Tannehill's gonna you gotta tackle him and it's just sometimes it's kind of scary but um knock on wood he can continue to 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 stay healthy and kind of lead this team to the playoffs because I'm extremely happy with what we have when it comes to being a leader when it comes mm-hmm. to playing, so I'm good yeah. with that but um all right then so going into my two minute I'll go into my two minute warning and uh, I'll talk about what I think needs to happen against the Saints in order for us to kind of come out of here and keep this thing rolling the way we've been rolling here recently. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think that the defense has to continue to kind of earn respect. I don't think anybody gives this defense any love that they should get. Uh, I stayed, I stayed home from work and worked from home on Monday just to make, just because I wanted to hear what national media, Fox sports, ESPN, all of them, I wanted to hear what they all had to say. And the thing was, is it still wasn't the amount of love that a lot of teams get. So I think that they, that in order for us to win this game, A, we got to continue to play for ourselves. Because I, 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 it's, it's become extremely clear that nobody else is going to give you the respect you deserve unless you win a Super Bowl. Unless you get to, if you get to Super Bowl, then yeah, like, they're going to have to talk about you. So uh, I think that the defense is going to have to continue to have that chip on the shoulder in order for us to win. Uh, B, I think that um, I think that um, Freeman's going to have to get comfortable in his skin here, and he's going to be a vital part in the defense, especially on like a little bit longer running situations. I, I do, I love Peterson to death. I think he's going to be. I think that uh, it's awesome that he's on the team. It's great to have a, a Hall of Famer as him and Julio on the team. But I think that Freeman's going to end up being a, a bigger vital part of the offense when it comes to us being able to get in those third and short situations. Um, and I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to have to uh, got to utilize the weapons that he has in order to kind of get there. In order for him to do that, I think that our offensive line is going to have to solidify itself. We need uh, Lawan to come back. Uh, Lawan, if Lawan's not 100, I don't think Lawan needs to be in the game. 
I think Lawan needs to get himself to a position where he can come in, be effective, and be comfortable enough in order to get back to the point to where, like, he's, he knows he can play football. We can't have him in there and then him having plays where he uh, – him not being 100% contributes to why he's not able to kind of make the plays he should be making. So um, being able to kind of come back and be the Lawan that uh, has that kind of swagger is – a uh, little bit gritty and can go in there and kind of scrap up. I think that um, that's the Lawan we need. And if we can't have that Lawan, then he needs to kind of relax a little bit until we can get that Lawan because I think that that's going to be key going into the playoffs is uh, that offensive line being able to be healthy and us being able to have a kind of rotation in there in order for everybody to have fresh legs. So fresh legs, protection, Freeman, and um, – I think that if we can do those things that we can come out of this game with a win and we can start looking at what I think it's time to start looking at our team when it comes in terms of the playoffs. I'm not a greedy man, Sam. I, I just, I'll take anyone besides Bobby Hart. Anybody. I I don't, I'm not asking for much. Just not Bobby Hart. And so if Luan can't go, just give me lamb. I'll be, I'll be overjoyed if that's the case. Um, I just, I I can't watch another Bobby Hart game. That's that, that's really, that's, what's going to do it. You know, we're saying what the dam is going to break against with Tannehill getting hurt, like one to two more Bobby Hart games is that's going to be wraps for Tannehill. So gotta, someone's gotta be in there. I don't care if Rabel suits up, just not Bobby Hart. Hell, I got a, I got a few more years of eligibility. I don't care. Call me. I don't, there you go. We got to do something. We got to do Get something. The guy here. from the parking lot, put him in. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, they should have already called that man. I mean, it would have been a hell of a story, and you don't really, you, you don't know what he's got. There, there ain't no way he could have played worse. I, than I, I bet he's really bad. I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah, I no. bet he's really bad. Uh, I, know. I, 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 I always see those. There, I'm. I'm saying this at the end of the podcast. Maybe people have gotten off by this point, but I always see those and I'm like, that guy can't be any good, right? Like if he's resorted to hanging out in the parking lot, I know he can't be good. I'm glad he got his workout. And I hope he, I hope he finds a path somewhere, but I'm, I, I saw that and I had to, you know, stuff down my cynicism. Cause yeah. Was, yeah. You know, I mean, good for him trying to follow his dreams. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to, you're not going <laughs> to find a Kurt Warner gro- a bag in groceries and it just be a Super Bowl champ out of nowhere. That didn't happen. Yeah. No, nah. didn't happen often. Well guys, anyway, you listen to podcasts, be sure you go here, like subscribe. We appreciate all the support. It's been a great year for the Titans and we love bringing this content. Uh, be sure you always uh, follow the page at unfiltered Titan on Twitter. Um, I cannot wait to be back on here next week to kind of talk about how the Saints game went. I'm excited that we're back home. The home field advantage that we've had this year has been extremely incredible. We appreciate it. They're they're announcing the defense this year this week, Nick. So I think that I saw the, that. the crowd's cool. gonna be the crowd's gonna be extremely fired up because the defense is absolutely the heart and soul of the team, which is huge for them after the years they had last year. And I'm pumped up about it. And um, yeah, I think Shane Bowen. Go out there and earn, go out there and earn it, man. Like, make sure that you solidify your position there, so that we don't have to worry about anything else. Don't have to worry about, oh, we need a coordinator. Like, go out there and just get it done, and let's go out here and get this W, get home, and get ready to kind of lock up the rest of this division. And um, yeah, man, 
uh, that's what it's all about. Let's get rid of these playoffs. Let's keep winning. Until next time. And up.